London, like any other city, is a hive of small cells of human activity, which are separate, sometimes private, but which, touching, interacting or secret, make up the city's pulsating life. Wogan, broadcast on BBC One, 28th of October, 1987. The sort of basis of the detective story is that human life is sacred and that even the villains who are usually highly unpleasant and sometimes positively evil, they still have a right, you know, to live their lives to the last natural moment. The characterization to me is almost the most important part of the novels. I mean, I suppose what I'm trying to do, Terry, is to use a very popular form, you know, the classical detective story, um, and say something true, you know, about men and women and the society in which we live. Do you know, I do believe we have to write the kind of books that we need to write. Um, sometimes people do say, why don't you write a straight novel? Well, perhaps one day I shall. But um, I have a feeling that even if I set out deliberately to write a novel that wasn't a detective story, somebody would die in it, you know. <laughs> they might not be murdered, but I think there'd be a death. Yeah. I suppose partly, you know, that we have a long tradition of women writing novels anyway, because yeah. some of our greatest novelists have been women. So I suppose it's not surprising that when the detective story became very popular, which it did in the 1930s, you know, that women should try their hand at it. Um, I'm very, very frightened of violence and chaos, and I think most women are. You know, we, we have the children, we bring the children into the world, we are terrified of violence. And this may be one way in which one deals with that fear. I think that's much more likely. I don't think we're at all attracted to it. I think we're attracted to the puzzle. And because women have an eye for detail, I think we're quite good at fabricating these clues. Because in the detective story, clues usually are a great deal to do with ordinary everyday living, you know. I mean, who ate the sardine with a curled up tail? Who left the pantry window open? Who wore the purple lipstick? Um, and we have that eye for detail. I plan in very great detail, you know, before I begin. And the planning and the plotting take about as long as the actual writing with me. It usually begins with a place. Um, in the last book, A Taste for Death, it began in a church in Oxford. Um, and I'm very interested in architecture. And I was visiting my younger daughter, and she said, wouldn't you like to see St. Barnabas Church down by the canal? It's a great Victorian basilica, full of interest to you. So we borrowed the key from the vicar, and in we went. And uh, we're both rather inclined to poke our noses into places where we shouldn't be. So we went into the vestry, and there was this high Anglican smell of incense and prayer books and furniture polish. And then I had this great mental picture of my two victims lying there. This is very sad and very terrible, Ken. You know, with their throats cut. <laughs> yes, in a world full of love. I think it's extremely unkind of the audience to laugh because it's all very dreadful. Um, so you see, that was the beginning of the row. And, and I uprooted the church and set it down by the canal at Paddington, decided that one of the victims would be a baronet and an ex-minister of state, and the other a poor, pathetic wino, a tramp. And that was the beginning of the book. And then I do have to plot it in, in very great detail before I can begin writing. I was in my mid to late 30s when I began. I was a very late beginner for someone who knew from early childhood that I wanted to be a writer. A late start. It wasn't a very convenient time to begin, but I did one day realize that there never is a convenient moment. And I hope you know that all prospective writers watching us will realize this. It's no good waiting until you've got a lot of time and a lot of energy. If you're going to be a writer, you've got to write. 
So I started getting up early in the morning and, and got down to it. And my two daughters, they were very young then, they were very sweet, and you know, they, they didn't want me to be disappointed. And so one of them said, you know, mummy, that any really good writer can paper her wall with rejection slips. So that when the novel was taken by Fabers, the first publisher to whom it was submitted, of course they had terrible doubts <laughs> as to whether it was a good book. Um, and I said, you know, the children ha who have no faith in mummy's talents won't get new bicycles out of the proceeds. <laughs> and I think a couple of bicycles were about what, you know, I got out of the first book. Front Row, broadcast on BBC Radio 4, 30th of December, 1999. I certainly intended to try to create a detective who could go on through a series. Um, I was very aware of the problems, for example. That